0: Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, and Lord, just to be able to worship you. God, we just want to say thank you for the sacrifice you made on the cross to die for our sins, Lord, to give us the opportunity to come into your house and worship. And God, I just want to say thank you for those four young ones that we helped welcome into your kingdom earlier pray for them. We know that they have a long road ahead, a long life. There will be many temptations and heartaches and pains, but God, I pray that they would lean into you during those times and they would call on the name of Jesus to save them from anything that comes their way. God, I pray for us this morning as we continue in our service and we read your word and we talk about it. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak into our lives and God, that it would change us. Lord, none of us are here this morning. None of us are perfect. God, we all have areas that we could grow in. We all have areas that we could could change, that we could do better. And Lord, I just pray that you would reveal those to us. God, help us not to be satisfied with where we are, but God, help us to look ahead to where you want us to be. And Lord, to just serve you faithfully and trust that you will take us to where you want us to be. Lord, as we continue to talk about faith this morning and we talk about Noah and we talk about putting our life into motion to serve you, God, I pray that you would speak in an incredible way today. Father, we just want to say thank you for everything you've done for us. And Lord, we want to say thank you for everything that you're going to do because we know that you're still alive, you're still working, you're still moving, and Lord, you are in control of all things. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you so much, and we pray all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it is good to see you guys this morning. If you're new, or if you haven't been here in a while, we are talking about faith. We're in week four. And uh, we talked about belonging to God, we talked about doing something for God, we talked about overcoming our fears and doubts in order to put our faith in motion, and today we're kind of moving on and we're we're talking about faith in our part to do what God has called us to do, and faith in God's part to do what He says He's going to do um and there's a very dependent relationship in that if you if you think about following jesus christ whether it's the everyday mundane just doing what god has called you to do or if it's stepping out and doing something great and amazing beyond anything that anyone else could understand or dream of or think of it takes a lot of faith to do that you got to have faith in god's ability to help you do your part and god's ability to do his part um But when we talk about this relationship, it's really important for us to understand this morning that we're not just talking about this whole idea of God is dependent on us. Because that's not the case. I mean, can we just be honest about that for a second? I mean, God is not dependent on us in any way. God is like a a loving parent who likes to include us in things, right? I mean, how many of you parents would have got along, you might be a little sadder, or life be a little different if you didn't have kids, but you'd be okay, like you'd still be living and functioning without them, right? You would. But you love to include your children in things that you, you even like to give them responsibilities. And even though there's stuff that you might be able to do faster than they can, it's still good for you to allow them to have some responsibility and include them in letting them help and do different things. And that's kind of how God is with us. You know, we're children. We're His creation. And God has a plan and God has a purpose and God has things that he wants to accomplish. And when you're sitting here this morning, it's super important to understand that no, none of us are gifted to do most of the things that God calls us to do. None of us have the ability. In fact, God could do it a lot faster if he just did it, but he likes to include us and use us in his plan so that we can have that relationship with him and be a part of him. We're very dependent on him. He's not very dependent on us. Don't think for one second that we're not replaceable. That's not exactly what we come to church to hear, is it? It's not the funnest statement in the world, but we are very much replaceable. We're people. You know this. I mean, think about it. If someone in the family passes away, um, usually, especially if the couples are younger, the spouse will move on and marry someone else. Lots of kids have stepfathers and stepmoms. You know, if you pass away, if I pass away today, Graham Chapel would hire a new pastor. It's not like they would just leave the the position vacant for all eternity because I died. We're very much replaceable. You look at the story of King Saul, and whenever he didn't do what God wanted him to do, God found a man after his own heart to replace him with. He says, I've chosen another, one who is after my own heart, who will be obedient to me and do what I ask him to do. We're very much replaceable. The second thing is that when God calls you, you have to have faith that He's going to enable you to do what He's called you to do. You know, we've said it for the past several weeks. Most of us in here, there are some really talented people, but in my personal experience, the most talented people usually end up being the biggest disappointments when it comes to following Christ. But God always called people in scripture that were not capable, that didn't have talents, that didn't have the abilities to do what he called them to do, but he called them and he gave them the ability to do everything that he called them to do. He made it possible. You got to believe that. You got to believe that if God calls you this morning, that he's going to give you the ability to do what he's called you to do. If it's in the everyday, simple, mundane, just being obedient to God day in and day out, many of us are sitting in here this morning and we think that We don't have the ability to stop sinning or get away from this sin that's been controlling our life. But part of faith in Jesus Christ is believing that he can give you the ability to overcome something that you can't do on your own. You have to have faith in that. If you don't have faith in that, you're not going to be able to overcome it. You're not going to be who God has called you to be. And the third part is you have to have faith in God that he's going to do his part. And it's very important for us to understand that God never calls us to do it all. Like a lot of times we feel overwhelmed with Christianity or something that we feel like God wants us to do or these circumstances in our life, these big things that come up and we feel very overwhelmed, like this is too much and we can't handle this. God never calls you to do something by yourself. In fact, God only calls us to do a small part of it and then he likes to do the rest. He likes to include us in the process. But you got to have faith and believe That God can enable you to do what he's called you to do. And you have to have faith to believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Because if you don't believe, you're never going to obey the call. You're never going to put your faith in motion. In our passage of scripture today, we're in Genesis chapter 6 again. And some of these verses, we're, we're reading them over and over and over again. But I think it's very important that we read some of these over and over and over again for us to get into our mind what's going on in this process. So Genesis 6, verses 14 through 15, it'll be on the screen. You can turn your Bibles and read it with me. But God tells Noah, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive." Notice I emphasize that, will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. And Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him to do. And what I've been telling our congregation, so if you're new this morning, if you're not a Bible writer, then take out a separate piece of paper and make a note of it. But make sure that you remember chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him to do. That's so important. Everything exactly as God commanded him to do. Let's skip over to Genesis 7, verses 5 through 12. And in verse 5, this is one you want to underline too. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Again, you see this like repetition here with Noah. He's doing everything that God's commanded him to do. Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood, and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all the various kinds of animals, those approved for eating and for sacrifice, and those that were not... Along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground, they entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old, on the seventh day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky, and the rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. And guys, when you're looking at this today... It's so important, like we're, we're, we're reading these same verses over and over, but it's so important to remember, you know, we talked about knowing and how this, this story, it gets lost in children's church. Like, 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 this is too big for adults to talk about. But like we said last week, when you look at everybody that God ever called, everybody that God ever called, He never called them to do something that was great that made sense. We read it last week in Hebrews chapter 11, and it said Noah had faith to do things and prepare for things that had never happened before. None of this made sense. None of this was easy. It sounds easy because you're just reading it, and Noah did it. And so it just sounds easy. Well, Noah's a really good guy. I'm glad that he could do it. It was not easy. It was a task. It was spread out over years. The point number one this morning is that you have to do your part. Write it down take a picture, put it in your tablet or your phone, keep it for a while, make sure you understand this when you leave this place, you have to do your part. If you want to see God working and moving in your life, you have to do your part. There's something that God calls you to do. And as we've said before, in the everyday, mundane, boring aspects of life, there's already something that you've been called to do is to simply be obedient, but you have to do your part. Because if you're not going to be obedient, we said this Several weeks, you're not going to be obedient. If you're not going to do the little things, Christ is not going to trust you with the greater things. If you can't be obedient and do what he's called you in the everyday, simple, mundane, he's not going to call you to do something great. He's not going to include you in his plan and allow you to have responsibilities in something greater down the road. But it's important this morning that we do our part. You know, when you look at faith, faith can be a very abstract thing. It's not always like simple and concrete. like We, we like to make it out. I mean, and there's certain parts of faith that are simple and concrete. Like when you look at following Christ and you look at the world, uh, there are certain things that are concrete and very simple to understand and grasp to and just understand that you know you're supposed to do this. But a lot of times our relationship with the Lord can be very abstract. Because if you think about it like an algebraic equation, a lot of times like you're working with, with variables, with letters instead of numbers, and you're trying to figure out what the letter is. And so many times in our faith, we're, we're doing something that God has called us to do. We're living a life, even in the everyday simple mundane, because as for a kid and teenagers and young adults, the older you get, the more you realize, like, okay, I understand why now. But as a kid, you're wondering, like, why am I having to do A, B, and C? Why do I have to do this? Why is this beneficial? Why is this? What does this mean? What is this going to add up to? How is this going to benefit my life in the long run? Like, and we don't have an explanation. We can't see it. And that's a very abstract way of thinking. And not everybody's built that way, are they? How many of you loved algebra in school? we got a few nerds. A few nerds. Algebra was not, I can remember, when, we, like when algebra started taking place and people already hated math. And then you start throwing the alphabet in with it and you're just like, oh, I hate my life. But faith can be like that. So many times God is calling you to do things and you don't have an explanation. A lot of it is theoretical. A lot of it is unknown. A lot of it is constantly changing. There's certain things about our faith in Christ that are very concrete that we should know and we should cling to and we can always base our life about the, around these things or on these things, but then there are certain aspects of our calling with Christ where things are changing. God is calling us to do something new, things that have never happened before. Always understand them. And when you look at Noah, then this is important, and we've said this four weeks in a row already, but Noah did the concrete. He did one, two, three, right? One plus one equals two, right? I mean, like he did that. He did the concrete. But when it came time for God to say, okay, I'm calling you to do something new, I'm going to throw in a new formula, Pythagorean theorem, or you know some crazy formula that you don't even remember how to do because you haven't done it in 20 years. And he's never done it before. And he's willing to do the abstract, the, the unknown, the questionable, the thing that doesn't make sense because he's always done the concrete, and he knows that one plus one equals two. And when you trust math, right? How many of you trust math? You you should. Have you driven over a bridge lately? Do you trust math a lot. Whether you realize it or not, you put a lot of trust in math that somebody did the math right and the formulas right. When you look at what God is calling us to do, it's not always going to make sense. You know, and even when you get into algebra and you get into the abstract, and God's calling you to ABC, and you haven't even figured out what ABC represents, there might be a time where God says, okay, I want you to A, D, and F. And we're sitting here, and we're like, oh my gosh. Well, I don't even know what number two is. I don't know what B is. I don't know what C is. I don't know what E is. like, what exactly are we supposed to be doing here? And it's very difficult for us because we have to step out on faith. And do it even though we don't have an answer and we don't understand what the certain steps are that God may have left out a couple of steps or you feel like he's left out a couple of steps or you feel like he's left out some explanations in your life. But you look at Jeremiah, you look at chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. And I've said it for the past four weeks. And there's not a doubt in my mind that every single one of us in this room, every single person on this earth, that God has not ha- does not have a specific plan for your life. That there is not, at least, for you to be saved in the name of Jesus Christ and to at least reach one person in the name of Jesus. There's not a single one of us in here who doesn't at least have that calling on our life. But when you look at Jeremiah chapter one verses four through ten. And the title of the section is Jeremiah's Call and First Visions. But it says, the Lord gave me this message. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And this is not Jeremiah 29, 11, because it kind of bases the same thing, but this is like his initial calling. Like, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And I said it last week. Whether or not you were an accident, whether or not your parents intended to have you, all right? They may not have knew what was going on, but God knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew that you were going to be here, that you were going to happen, and that you were going to have a plan and a purpose for your life. God has that calling on your life. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. How many of you believe in free will? How many of you believe when you leave here today, like you have the free will to choose to do whatever you want to do? Like if you want to go get up and use the bathroom, you have the free will to do that right now. Jeremiah did not have to be obedient to the Lord. But before he was ever born, God had already appointed him as his prophet to the nations. In verse 6, O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, Don't say, I'm too young. There's so many people who claim faith in Jesus Christ and have felt callings and nudgings in your life to do things and say things and speak to people and say something. Or maybe, like we said a couple weeks ago, just get up and just praise the Lord at any given moment in time. And there's callings on our life to do that. And we say, Oh, no, no. I can't do that. I'm not capable of do that. And God says, don't say that. Don't say that you can't do this because what you're saying is, is, God, I don't have enough faith in you to help me to do what you're calling me to do. When you really think about what you're saying when you say something, it, it makes it sound a lot different, don't it? Because no, none of us have the ability... To say and do all the things that calls to do. We can't do it under our own strength and power. We don't all have the talents and abilities to do it. But God calls us to do all these things for himself. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people for I will be with you and will protect you. I the Lord have spoken. you got to have faith to believe that God is going to enable you to do exactly what it is that he's called you to do. If you don't have the faith, it's never going to happen. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Were they Jeremiah's words? Did Jeremiah have the ability to say what God wanted him to say? Absolutely not. There wasn't. It wasn't that Jeremiah was false in what he said. He said, Lord, I'm too young. I can't speak. God said, don't say that because it's not about what you can do. It's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my words to say. I'm calling you to be my spokesman to the nations, to be my prophet to the nations, and I'm going to give you the words to say. You don't have to do it. I'll do it for you. All you have to do is be willing. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some of you, some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, and others you must build up and plant. It's a very generic calling. When you think about it, it's like you can be my spokesman to nations. What nations? I don't know, nations. What are you gonna say? I don't know, but I'm going to put my words in your mouth and you're going to be able to say whatever it is that I want you to say at that moment in time to the people I'm going to call you to say whenever I let you know when, I'm, when I want you to go speak to them. There's a lot of variables, right? A lot of unknowns in this equation. And some of you might say, well, I don't operate like that. If I don't know or I don't understand, I'm not going to be in it. I don't, I don't do that. I, I need to know what A, B, and C is before I'm going to go try to do E, D, and F. Be careful in what you say. Be careful in how you think and what you're willing to do and what you're shut off to. Because when you look at any given person in the Bible who was called to do anything great, there was always missing variables. There was always missing steps. They never had the complete answer. They never knew what they were going to be doing exactly. They were just doing what God told them to do at that given moment in time. Two years ago to the day, it was our last Sunday that we had before we shut down. Y'all remember that? Then we didn't have church for several months. I will always look back at our time before COVID-19 hit, and probably somewhere close to a year before that, our staff and some other leaders in our church, we were gathering together at least once, if not twice a week, and we were praying. Like, we were just coming in here, we were praying, and it was the weirdest thing, and you've, if you've been here, you've heard me say it. We didn't really have a clear answer on anything. The only thing that we knew that we were supposed to be doing and talking about and seeking the Lord on is, is for whatever reason, the Lord kept saying to us, how would you do church if you couldn't have church and at the time we had church there was no reason to think that we couldn't have church and so we started having these conversations and some of our board members like thought like oh, I don't like this is kind of useless and pointless and it was weird it was really weird And the only thing that we could do is say, listen, like we don't know why. Let's just do this. Let's just entertain this conversation. And all the stuff that we talked about doing with podcasts and live streaming and how like visitation and letters and and all the things that we could do, calling and checking up on people that we did during quarantine time, those were some of the things that we talked about months before we even knew COVID-19 was a thing. Almost a year before... We even thought that we might even have to shut down. We were having those conversations. It was one of those situations where you just go in and you have no clue what steps two and four is, much less C, D, and A, and you're just like, God, why are we doing this? But I'm telling you, just from that one experience, if you're faithful, if you do what God's called you to do, there will be a time where God opens it up and says, this is what 1, 2, and 3 is, and this is what A, B, and C is, and this is exactly why. And you did A, B, and C, therefore I can do D through Z now. All you had to do was your steps, and I'll do the rest. And when you look inside here today, those last few Sundays that we were meeting together before we broke, we were barely hitting around 60, 70 people. And while a lot of other churches are suffering and not doing very well, you look around in here, you look at all the new faces, you look at how many younger people we have in here today. And that's not what it's all about. All I'm saying is, is that if you are faithful to do the things that God calls you to do that don't make sense, God will do the rest. And I can tell you, I haven't been faithful in everything. There's been a lot of stuff that I've balked on, just like so many other people. But that's just one example to know, to look back on and say, God is definitely doing this. You're simply called to do your part. Don't check out on that. Don't check out on the everyday, simple, mundane, concrete, just living the way that Jesus has called you to live. It's just as important as anything else because if you don't do that, you can't do something great. If you can't be trusted with the small things, you're not going to be entrusted with the large ones. Point number two is God will always do his part. There's never a time where God will not do his part, and you have to believe that. You have to trust in that. And not only do you trust and believe that what we were talking about earlier, that if you don't do what He's called you to do, that He's still going to do it. That He'll raise someone else up to do that. But we're missing the opportunity to receive blessings, to receive opportunities to be rewarded for our faithfulness in the midst of that. Even though we are replaceable, we're missing out on what God has for us to do. When you look at every person that God called to do something that we would consider significant throughout Scripture, they didn't have access to the whole plan. They didn't get a three-ring binder with every single detail mapped out before they went in and what they were called to do. When you look at Abraham, God said, leave your homeland. He had no clue where he was going, and he waited 30 years on a promise that did not he didn't even know if it was going to come to receive the son. Moses doubted his own ability and had no clue he would eventually part the Red Sea and lead the people through a 40-year wilderness journey. Gideon had no clue that God was going to reduce his army down from 32,000 to 300. Esther had no idea that God would make her a queen for such a time as this. Joseph had no idea his slavery would lead him to rule and save Egypt and the rest of the world. The disciples had no clue what following Jesus would eventually lead to. And Noah probably had the most detailed description of what he was supposed to do of anybody. I mean, when you think about the, the ark... If there had never been a boat built before this time and the fact that God said, this is exactly, this is what I want you to do. And he did everything exactly as the Lord called him to do. He had the most detailed description of anybody. But it still would have been extremely difficult to do. So you can't make light of what he did in his faith. But one thing you can hang your hat on is that God is going to carry out his plan exactly how he said he was going to. When you look at Noah, Noah built the ark. And you think about it like there were certain things that Noah was supposed to do, and then there were things that God did for him. All right, Noah didn't have to go out and round up all the animals. God brought the animals to Noah, but he took them onto the ark. Take your family on the ark. I will bring the floods. I will bring the rain. Noah had to take all the food on the ark and make all his preparations. There were certain things that Noah had to do, and God said, I'll take care of the rest. But it takes faith to just do what we're called to do. And it takes a great amount of faith to trust and believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, make sure you highlight this. But it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken and failed to act. He has never promised and not carried it through. I don't know about you guys. I I like to write down with Expo markers and whiteboards and stuff like that. And a lot of times I'll take, you know, like our bathroom mirror or something. I'll just write something on our bathroom mirror. And that's one of those is like when you're getting ready in the morning, you're looking into the mirror. That's a good one that you can just look at and just be like, God's going to do what he says he's going to do. He always has, he always will. And you can bank on that. You can hang your hat on it, you can write the check, you can put it in the bank and know that it's gonna happen. You gotta believe in that. And if you don't believe in that, then what are we doing? What are you doing here if you don't believe in that? You have to decide if you believe in God enough to jump on board with what he's cooking. Because he's got a plan. He's had it from the very beginning of time. And when you read Revelation and you know what the Lord is leading us into and and what God wants to accomplish through eternal life and having that relationship with him and doing away with evil and doing away with Satan so that we can live with him the way he's always intended us to live, God's got a plan. And he's going to work it out. And you have to decide if you have enough faith in Him that you're going to jump on board and be a part of that plan with Him and contribute in the little things that He's called you to do and trust in Him that He's going to do everything else that He said He's going to do. Because whether or not you believe is going to determine whether or not you're putting your faith in motion and whether or not you truly believe in Jesus Christ. Not only in what He's going to do, but in saving, saving power, eternal life. Do you really believe that no matter what happens, God is going to bring everything about us? He's always planned to do it. Do you believe that? You have a calling on your life. To just live and be obedient. And to be responsible To help one person to know Jesus Christ. You have at least that. If not infinitely more. If you would just be obedient to what God is calling you to do. But you got to believe that God's going to do his part. And you got to believe that he's going to give you the ability to do your part. We're going to pray. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our board members. Because they're going to be serving you in a minute. We'll let them go ahead and go down and get ready to serve. After I won't say the blessing as we pray. After we pray, you guys are welcome to come down. I'm not sure if Timmy announced this or not. He probably did. He's pretty good at his job. But you guys are invited to come down. Everybody, we have enough food for everybody. We're having barbecue. The gym smells a little funny this morning because we redid the floor in it, so you'll have a little bit of a smell in there this morning. You're okay Me and Timmy and Culp lived in it the whole week. We're fine. You'll be fine. Um, But I do encourage you guys. um, Come eat with us. We would love to have you hang out. We have church conference for all you members afterwards. So you members stay and hang out. Everyone's welcome to hang out, but only members can participate. And uh, we'll have a good time. We'll eat. And I want to pray for you. Say the blessing and uh, just pray that the Lord would help us. Sometimes we just need help to have faith. It's something that we have to be empowered to do. It doesn't come naturally for everybody. So let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this day. And Lord, thank you again for those young children from earlier. Lord, we again lift them up to you. And pray that you will be with them. Help us as your followers, as your servants, to invest in their lives and help guide them and steer them in the right direction in the coming days. Father, I pray for us right now as we finish up with the sermon, Lord, just help us to have faith in you. Lord, some people are gifted with it. Some people are gifted with faith and just naturally have it. And others, it just comes harder. But Father, just like you empowered Jeremiah and you gave him your words to say, Lord, if there's somebody in here this morning who is struggling in faith, struggling to believe, God, I pray that you would give them the ability to believe and have faith beyond their understanding or beyond comprehension. God, help them to do that today. It's so important. It's what our whole relationship with you is built on, is just faith, just simply believing in you. And Lord, just trusting that you can do unthinkable, imaginable, impossible things in us and through us. Father, we love you today. Help us to believe. Lord, we ask that you would bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. Lord, we ask that you would be with us and Lord, that you would work in us. Lord, that you would use the coming time of fellowship to just grow closer with one another and with you. Lord, we pray for our conference. We ask that your will would be done in all those things so that we can continue to serve you and lift your your name high. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. again, nothing but the blood of Jesus. is the flow that makes me white as snow, no, no other fountain. I know, nothing but the blood.